Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Imri, the host of the Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I'm so happy that you're here. I have some news. I am now on YouTube doing soft drink reviews. So if you heard Priska's episode a few weeks back, I said I was trying to moderate my drinking. So I'm doing some soft drink reviews. So check me out at Imri Drinks on YouTube. This week, I'm joined by young fashion designer Chloe Marlowe. Chloe is the founder and designer behind Marlowe London, a luxury accessories brand, which she launched one year after graduating from Central St. Martins. Her bags have been photographed on British singer Ray, presenter Maya Jama, and blogger and designer Whitney Valverde. Oh my God, this episode is just a taster menu of actions. You'll learn how to create super specific visions for your business, debunking the law of attraction and how to make it work for you. And more importantly, you'll learn how to justify a super high price point for your products and services. Pause here, get a notebook. Trust me, you'll need it. Have you been stocked anywhere already? So I have an online stockist called Young Butcher Designers, um, but I'm now in talks with actually some of the store, like some of the big stores I've ever dreamed of being in um, for next winter. Nice. But like I only got those through really being like persistent. Like one was through Instagram. Yeah. Um, a buyer was following me on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so I followed them back. Yeah. Um, and I tried emailing and like it wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, oh, okay, I've lost it. Then um, I'm on Instagram one day and I see that she's in Spain. Yeah. I'm like, I recognize this place. Turns out she was staying at the same place I stay every year with my family. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I DM her and it turns out she was the cousin of another family that we get, that we see on holiday every year. Oh, wow. So I don't know how, like the craziest thing. And I got a meeting. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, how's that happen? Because you just never know. Yeah. And like the other one was I went, I go to a lot of talks. Um, I go through Eventbrite and actually find any fashion event. Um, and a buyer, a buying director was um, speaking. And um, I went up to her after and said, thank you so much for the talk. I really like, appreciated it. I was really inspired. And then I got a meeting. Like I introduced myself, obviously, and told yeah, what I yeah. did, um, but it led to a meeting. Yeah, no, that's really great. I think yeah. it also helps that you have a really good product and it's very kind of clean. It's very beautiful. There's a message behind it. Like it's very, it's a very state, it's got a statement. It's yeah, it's a statement piece. It's printed yeah. with a statement on it. <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know, just follow, follow Marlo. Marlo London. Yeah, Marlo underscore London. Marlo underscore London and you'll see what I mean. Like it's, <laughs> it, there's a statement right on the bag and it's very distinct and it's very unique to you. And what I wanted to talk about really quickly is what are you going to do next? Because obviously this is quite a distinct piece. Right. Yeah. So then how, how do you think about the next phase and uh, like follow up seasons? Do you ever feel the pressure of like, oh, it's never going to be like what this part was do you feel that pressure? So much pressure. Oh my gosh. Because 
so I produce, I guess, maybe not a new coll- like full collection, but new styles and new colours every six months. Okay. Because the fashion calendar is spring, summer and autumn, winter. Yeah. And there are more things in between, but I can only do so much at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so there's so much pressure because buyers also say, what's next? They want to know there's longevity in the brand. Yeah. Um, so the, yes, definitely. But I think my thing is laser cut at the moment and text and kind of having your own yeah, statement or... Um, a statement or a like text on the bag, something yeah. that's very different and very unique. So I think I'll definitely carry on with that, but find different ways to laser cut or different ways to put words in there. I actually want to collaborate with poets next. Yeah, that would be yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Also, that gives you like so much scope to create, I guess, even more unique pieces. So no one person can technically have the very same bag. Yeah, you exactly. Could, there's so much room and so many words that yeah. you could use. So that would be really cool as well. Definitely. Ah, oh, poets are great. Yeah. Um, I don't like to hear them speak out loud, no. <laughs> but I do appreciate good poetry in written form. So now you've got your kind of winter thing happening. That's really exciting. Yeah, really exciting. How are you going to now manage your kind of production line? And how have you, finan- how have you financed this whole thing? Yeah. So I live at home. Yeah. I'll be living at home for a very, very, very long time. Good. Um, <laughs> and I also work part time. I don't think I could ever do this with not working part time. Yeah. Especially yet yeah, anyway, because any money I make goes back into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm living at home, obviously I don't have those expenses. So any money I make my part time job, I can spend on me, which I'm very fortunate of. So I have it quite lucky. I have yeah. it quite, quite good. Um, to start a business, it's not cheap, especially when you're producing. Yeah. So it's very fortunate that my parents did help me. Um, but there's only so much they can help me with. And now I'm kind of like on my loans and like trying to kind of work out investment and business plans. And I'm actually working with the Prince's Trust. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, working on a business plan ready for when I do need to approach investors. That's like a whole other ball game. And that's yeah. like percentages and shares. And I don't even know. <sighs> yeah. I know. I, I'm studying an MBA and yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I don't want to do it. Someone asked if we were willing to take investment for the network. And I was like, I mean, I definitely wouldn't say no yeah. to someone offering some money to help us like do the things that we want to do. But there is so much involved in getting your business investment ready. Just investment Completely. ready. Yeah. Just having like your T's dotted, your eyes your T's dotted, your eyes dotted, <laughs> T's crossed. There's so much involved. And I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. And then you have to give away parts of your company. So there's a lot to factor in into Definitely. that decision. Um, so yeah, it's not an easy thing to make, but you're only, you're only 24. You yeah. have to make these re- really big decisions. Yeah. But I think that's really cool. And how are you... How are you kind of navigating kind of the emotional highs and lows of running a business at such a young age? So um, it's not easy. Yeah. As in, I, I suffer I suffer from anxiety. Same. Um, yeah. So yeah. as in, my anxiety goes sky high. Um, yep. But I do a lot of reading and I'm, I'm reading to The Secret. Have you heard of The Secret? I have watched The have Secret. You, I have never watched it. Is, is it good, the film? Is no, it, oh. no, the film is, I like the whole philosophy of right. The Secret. The film is quite cringe. I'm not. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's so cringe. I've never Maybe the book's it. better. So the book, I really enjoyed the book. Yeah, but I think I just enjoyed what it was all about, yeah. and that really helped me calm down. It's kind of just saying the energy you put out and the vision you put out is what the universe will give back to you. But you've got to believe it enough for it to come true. Yeah, it's the law of attraction and yeah. manifesting. 
Love this. <laughs> By the way, it's like my whole bag right now. <laughs> so that is honestly what I've come to do. And I think for me, the hardest part of that is um, actually seeing it. Right. Um, and I think also with things like that, if you don't know what it is that you want, it's going to be really hard for you to one to make the steps needed even if no one believes that like the universe is aligning things like if you have if you don't know what you want you can't make your make decisions for what it is that you need to go out and do to achieve it exactly so you it does force you to be really specific in your goals and your visions and if you've always known that you wanted to be in Selfridges and Harvey Nicks and all these other really beautiful luxurious places then you need to be able to see your bag there and you need to be in that space envisaging, oh, what would my bag look like yeah. in this shelf? Because like two years later, your bag might be on that shelf yeah. and it could be really cool. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely love, love that. But I think it's also another side of it is also believing in yourself enough to believe it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think with anxiety, a lot of it for me anyway is self-doubt. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. What am I thinking? But as soon as you sign a kind of like start practicing the law of attraction and kind of thinking I can do this I will do this I'm doing this it kind of just calms down those butterflies and those voices and the noise um so I definitely find that helps me a lot um and I've got I just I'm really conscious to celebrate like the small achievements yeah like other people might not see them as like very exciting of a big deal but like even a response to an email from somebody that I was so nervous to the email um is a massive achievement even if it's a no they replied yeah um so by celebrating those I I kind of see that I'm going in the right direction slowly but surely I'm getting there yeah how do you celebrate your small wins um just kind of with myself like woo I did it (laughs) I celebrate small wins as well like I'm like oh my god this person responded to my email because I think people underestimate how many emails some people get so to get a response is usually is not a small thing like someone still took the time out to tell you no (laughs) yeah exactly they could have just ignored it like everyone else but they didn't and that means that that person's a different kind of person in the first place it also leaves that door open ever so slightly for you to be like oh that's a real unfortunate shame and then you can you it's it's like keeping a creak in the door where you can ask a question and that question might be the the difference. Maybe the answer will always be no, but the question can lead to yeah. something else or an introduction. So yeah, no, that's a really good way to manage your anxiety. Definitely. I'm, I don't know what I do. I colour. I colour and you? have baths. Yeah. Do you have those colouring books? I do. It's right here, actually. Ah. Got a colouring book. Yeah, it travels really well. Um, I have a colouring book. I read loads of books. Um, I'm reading a really great book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. And I did not anticipate that that book was going to be quite so law of attraction-y. Oh, really? Which is really weird. Yeah. I, I thought, I don't know what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was very self-helpy, so it's kind of like really intense, but I actually really love stuff that's really like in your face. So do this now. Yeah, I love that. Um, and she has loads of ways to rethink and rewire how, um, how you think about money and your relationship to money and how you look at your business and asking for money and asking for your value and I think that's something I want to touch on with your pricing um you it's a high-end product uh, it comes with a somewhat hefty price tag for some people so how you're 24 how did you justify that price point and how do you feel confident in charge like how do you maintain that confidence of like no this is what it's worth this yeah. is my value and how do you how do you do that so it was a lot of experimenting. So the price has kind of differed over the year. Yeah. Just 
kind of working out where it goes. So I guess there's manufacturing costs, yeah, um, which are more expensive in the UK. Yep. And the materials I'm using, they're more expensive materials. That it's um, sourced from Italy and it's like the top quality. And it's also vegetable dyed, which is more expensive because it's a natural, it's a natural dyeing process. So more work goes into it. Yeah. Um, so I have those costs. And then when you're dealing with the big stores, they put on such a hefty margin that you've got to really put that into consideration. Yeah. Because sometimes you're going to make a loss maybe by being in these big stores, but yeah. they're your platform and they're your stage. So you've got to balance out what's where how it works or what's more important. Um, I guess I kind of saw I wanted to be in the industry and I compared myself with my competitors. Yeah. And I found a price point that fitted in. But the, yeah, I thought was um, competitive and the advice from buyers has been um, be, to be very careful not to go too low. Yeah. Because A, you can't, you don't want to make a loss. Yeah. And B, you, um, the value of your brand is really important. Yeah. And um, I think, I don't know, I've, I'm not the biggest fan of Michael Kors, for example. Yeah. And there's like <laughs> something that I call like the Michael Kors effect. Yeah. How a brand can kind of go a bit downhill or the brand image isn't as... Um, aspirational as yeah. it once was yeah and i think price can really affect that as well yeah i agree um but so my bags the mini totes retail at 395 which um isn't i guess the most accessible for some people but i do call it accessible luxury yeah it's not the a thousand pound fendi um but so it's something that you can aspire towards yeah and save up to get Someone, something we've, I've had a few people talk about fashion and who are in industry and a large part of the industry's selling point is the aspirational side. You're selling a dream, you're selling a lifestyle and people have to buy into your brand and your lifestyle that you're delivering to them by wearing your that bag. I will be a part of this kind of unique club of people and that means something and it says something about me, but you can't do that unless people have bought into your brand. Right. Yeah. So I completely hear that and yeah manufacturing costs I've been learning that and it's really complex and I'm so bad at math so I was yeah. just like what I'm not gonna go into product making we're like completely online so our costs are completely different but you're right about the valuing um of your stuff because we had a situation where we didn't value the services we provided um and we also didn't value that went, it was kind of a mutual undervaluing of services within right. the company. And it resulted in things just not working out and us being unable to charge what we need to charge. And I find pricing bewildering yeah. as a as a new business because I get really worried. I'm like, oh, this is too high. They're not going to pay it. Like, they're just not going to pay it. And then I'll cut it before they've even said right. no. Yeah. And so it's like, ah. So I, I really, I really commend you for being able to kind of like really take a good assessment of the industry, where you sit within that, and then being able to kind of price yourself. And then also knowing that if you went into a big store, just knowing that that could result in a loss, maybe yeah. it's not the best thing for you. You'd be surprised at how many people will just run in like, I'm in Selfridges and that will be it. Like, yeah. and they won't think about the financial implications of what that means. So, um, well done. Thank How you. did you even acquire that knowledge in the first place? Experience. Um, I didn't have any knowledge before <laughs> at all, but, um, I actually read a lot of books and like, funny enough, some of the books you've got next to you, I've re read quite a few of them Yeah, and, um, I love reading kind of other people's journeys and how they found it. So for example, um, there's a great one by the founder of Jimmy Choo oh, called yeah. In Her Shoes. Um, and they talked about an Italian leather fair 
And I was like, I need to go there. It's like from all these different books, I've learned different people's different findings um, and different experiences that kind of led me that way. Yeah. And so I kind of got a better insight as to how to do it. But I had no idea. I attend a lot of talks. I try and inquire. I, I actually meet with other entrepreneurs and kind of find out what, what worked, what didn't work. And kind of learn from them. Mm-hmm. That's all you can really do, isn't it? Yeah. Learn from other people's experiences. That's true. Um, most of what I've learned has... I've learned so much just from doing this podcast. Yeah. Every single person I've spoken to has offered a brand new insight. That I'm like, I have bought... So many of these books that you see on the table yeah. now have just been bought in the last few weeks because I just keep collecting books now. I'm like, I don't have time to read these. And my Kindle is now full of books. And I think, yeah, there's just reading about what other people did is essential to knowing what to do next and reading outside of your industry, just reading about people in tech or people in literature or people in God knows what else there is in the world, but all the other industries, because uh, what I found is that a lot of people aren't willing to cross pollinate information. You read stuff about if some people will read all the fashion books in the world or they'll read all the tech books in the world. And then you kind of lose some of the creativity that you can maneuver and take from each industry and I think a lot of where the innovation comes from is from people coming from one space and moving into another and being able to kind of figure things out and I think you quite uniquely went through manufacturing which even though it is related it's very like technical yeah and then that you had the background in drawing and wanting to do design and that can now lead you to manufacturing and designing yeah. your own bags so yeah. it kind of even though it feels very related they're quite different and some people tend to go one way or the other they don't tend to like mix the two right so I think that's quite unique yeah and I think like you said actually it's so important to immerse yourself in so many different industries and different kind of things I think now everything's about collaboration absolutely and kind of like trying to put your your side on somebody on, on something different or a different industry and I think that's where great things happen is when somebody that's not maybe techie tries to do something a bit techie or tries to start an app and suddenly something incredible's made. Yeah. So, or yeah. they mess something up or and then they realise, yeah, they mess it up and then they're like, oh, I think the, some great things happen when you break something and then you have to try and fix it. Definitely. It's like some real creative solutions really come out of the woodwork. All right. So can you tell me about a time, uh, let's say time. Yeah, let's go with time. Can you tell me about a time that you ever wanted to give up or quit like what happened and what did you do next so I guess I've had I've had like a handful of times where I'm like this is it this is the feeling that you get when you're about to quit this is it this is it and like I think that's when I'm having like a panic attack yeah um and it feels like it's about to explode and it's coming it's coming it's coming and then nothing happens yeah (laughs) and like what am I waiting for like it just goes silent and then I kind of pop and I kind of put myself back into myself and I think okay what was that um do you actually want to quit? Like what would happen if you did? Um, would you be happy? And the answer was no, I wouldn't be happy. Like my head might be saying this to me, but my heart doesn't feel ready. And like my heart knows that I need to keep trying and being persistent. Yeah. And so I calm down and I start again and I get my lists out and I start (laughs) writing my lists, knowing what I need to do and having it in front of me. And I kind of just get back on my path and carry on going again until I have my next blip. Same thing happens, go up in the air uh, and then calm down and get back on it again. What triggers them, do you know? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think it's when it all gets a bit too much and there's just so much to do and so many decisions to make and it just kind of overwhelms me. Because yeah. I do sometimes feel like a kid in an adult's world. Like they're huge decisions and they're financial decisions. Yeah. And I just don't necessarily know all the answers sometimes. And I maybe need some help or just ask someone advice. Yeah. And it just gets a bit too heavy on my shoulders. Yeah. I completely know that feeling. Yeah. It just sang to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling of just being like, I don't want to make this decision because I don't know the answer. Um, and then I, in that, usually it's a very dark place. Um, so I know for me, it's been very, very dark where I'm like, I don't even, it got to a point at one, like one point where I was like, I am quitting, like I'm finished with this. And it was because I, usually when I've wanted to quit, it's been a blip like, a little bit, yeah. like it kind of like, ah, and then you calm down. And usually that's helped because I know who I can turn to in that moment. I can ask someone, but I got to where I was like, I don't even know who I would ask. Like, I don't know what I would even say. I don't even know what I'm asking anymore. And that was rough because I did quit. Like I quit for about 48 hours. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing it. And it was a really hard thing to do because ultimately I did pick back up and you kind of just get over it and you start to see through kind of like the muddiness of it all. And I just kind of started reaching out to people that I would normally reach out to, but I've never reached out to them in that capacity before. And I think I underestimated just how much some of my mentors are useful in other areas as well. Cause I've only ever looked at them as, Oh, you're going to be really good at this one thing. Cause that's what you've always helped me with. Or you're good at this other one thing. But then after the darkness of that 48 hours, I was like, well, maybe they just might know. And so I reached out to a few of them and that got me out of the slump. Right. But do you have mentors that you kind of turn to now as part of your business? My mum. She's like a massive mentor. She's just so supportive and she might not know the answer herself, but she can definitely encourage me to find another way. I always believe when there's a will, there's a way. There's always a solution. Even when it doesn't seem like there is, you'll find a solution. So she just kind of helps me, reassures me to kind of maybe look at a different avenue um, or re-strategize. Yeah. Um, And then I've got a lot of strong women in my family. So I kind of just approach them and they just calm me down. Yeah. And kind of, yeah, help me refocus. Uh, do you have a business mentor or is that largely coming from the Prince's Trust? Um, that's largely coming from the Prince's Trust, but I haven't got a specific mentor as of yet from them. So it's more literally my mum and my family that kind of help me. Um, and I do tend to meet my parents, friends, or kind of just ask different people in different industries just for advice on how they began their businesses 20 or so years ago and because everyone's kind of been through it they kind of know the highs and lows of it or just even in the working world um you may think like you're the only person dealing with this anxiety or this stress but you're not everyone's kind of gone through it yeah definitely um everyone's kind of having a bit 
of those I want to quit moments. Yeah. It's the question I ask all the time and yet that everyone has a story to tell about that dark time where they were just like, <laughs> screw this. And it happens and it's normal and it's okay. All right. So what's an issue or challenge that you're facing either right now or you've been facing um, that that you would like to share? My biggest challenge and um, yeah. self-belief and self, self-worth. Because mm-hmm. like you asked before, um, the confidence of being able to say my product's X amount and buy it I used to worry about that or I still kind of sometimes do um how can I ask someone to spend money on this product but I'm learning I guess to really believe in myself and my product and what I'm creating because if you don't who will yeah exactly and you had is it is it Rita Ora wore the bag or someone in the picture it was Ray Ray um who's out of Rita Ora yeah So how did that happen? I remember you were like really excited about it. So, I was so excited. Like, let's, let's just go through the motions of how that all happened. So I DM'd Ray. Like, literally, <laughs> nice. literally as easy as that. Um, I just DM'd her. And, um, Why her? Because I think she's so cool. And I love um, her style and the clothes she wears and her how colourful she is. And she's up and coming. Yeah. And I could definitely like see something in her. And I know she's going to like be huge. And she'd just be an epic person to kind of begin and I know she'd be maybe a bit easier to get hold of than maybe say Rita Ora yeah um so I dm'd her and she replied and she said she loved the bags and I um I sent her one and she wore it and she posted a picture and then I thought nothing of it then a few weeks later I get a message from my cousin saying have you seen Ray's Instagram I'm like no and I had a look and she's there wearing it again with Rita Ora at the Notting Hill Carnival yeah in the summer I didn't even know Rita Ora's at Notting Hill Carnival yeah. so that's cool yeah um so then what did that help did it help like build up the brand did because essentially that's influencer marketing definitely and uh it's been a big topic for a few months maybe part best part of two years at least like people really going in on influencer marketing mostly because most people are trying to be influencers now and so that they can get in on the money and sell products and get free stuff so did it help with the sales side of of your bags um, not so much the sales side, but definitely like awareness. Yeah. We've got more followers and more interest. And I people need to see other people wearing it to kind of be like, ooh, oh, I want one. What's yeah. that? Um, so it definitely helps with that. And it gets people talking. And I think when you're such a small brand, you need to get people talking. Yeah. Um, so it definitely helped. Cool. That makes sense. I think um, that's always disappointing to hear. I don't mean to like let it let it be like a lead balloon. I just mean in the sense that... Some people would imagine, and I know I've imagined that if X person is aware of my brand or talks about it, or if I get a retweet from this person or they acknowledge me, that that would be it. That kind of feeling of all we really need to go viral is like this person knowing who we are. And I've had all of those moments where the exact person I wanted to acknowledge me or be a part of what I'm doing has been there and it did nothing like it <laughs> not in terms of like did nothing obviously it's all about yeah. perspective and like you said you were I like that you have a really like nice attitude about it like actually it wasn't a sales thing it was about the awareness and the talking I didn't have that level of awareness I thought like oh my god it was meant to be like you were meant to either like dramatically increase sales or dramatically do something and it didn't and then I end up disappointed right and I think that's just a case of managing expectations but that was just a lesson that I've learned yeah. just from hearing you say that. So thanks. It's okay. Well, I've definitely learned along the way to, like you said, manage expectations. Because yeah. initially I'd be like, I'm going to email this person. They're going to love it. They're going to wear it. I'm going to sell out. And it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think it's just being realistic. Yeah. And it's good to have dreams and has, have aspirations and goals. 
but you need to be realistic because it might not necessarily meet those dreams that you have. Yeah. But it's all definitely a stepping stone and it get and it'll lead on to something else and it'll Absolutely. get to your goal. Nothing's as easy as you get that one person <laughs> and there you there you go. It just sells out. Yeah. yeah. No. I think that's I still have like a small part of my brain that has that expectation that Definitely. that's what's going to yeah. happen. Um, and it's really not like viral moments actually just don't happen like that in general. Yeah. So that's yeah thanks for teaching me that that was really helpful because now I'm going to manage my expectations wholly because I've still not learned that but um no that's really good what is one action that you would like the listeners to take in if they're feeling anxious or having doubts about their self-worth and value I know imposter syndrome is a massive topic right now as well I suffer badly with that so uh, what's one action that you've found that's been really helpful for you to kind of overcome that so one thing that I've been doing recently is just being appreciative. Mm-hmm. And I do one of my other lists, a gratitude list. Nice. I have a gratitude yeah, do list. You? I love yeah. it. So I do it when I wake up and I find 10 things that I'm grateful for. And sometimes it's business related. Sometimes it's personal or other times it's completely random. Like I'm grateful for the mild temperature today, like <laughs> anything that I could possibly think of. And it really just helps me calm down and it just kind of takes my mind off things um, and kind of focus on positives. Yeah. Um, and then every night before I go to sleep, I think of the best thing that happened that day. And by doing that, you automatically go through all great things that have happened to find that best thing that's happened. Oh, yeah. That's smart. Yeah. I have to try that. I'm going to have to try that for sure. Definitely. It kind of just helps you put less focus on the little regrets you had or the negatives of the day or things that are worrying you and kind of giving precedence to the positives. Yeah. Do you have like little prompts or reminders around your house or your room to kind of like help you think of these things? Or So again, it was like one of the books that I've been reading. It said to find a rock. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know why a rock. Something they could hold in your hand. Yeah. So I have like quite a pretty little like purpley rock thing that I got Ooh. from my great grandma years ago. I don't know how I have it, but I look at that and that kind of reminds me to do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I know that there's that thing from like, I want to say inception slash hypnotherapy where they tell you to do like, either there's like a physical sensation that you're meant to activate or you have a physical thing. I know in inception, they had like a thing that meant that like, that was, they're going to go back to reality or something. I don't really get how inception worked as a movie, to be honest. So I'm just going to leave that where it's at. But I do know that like when I've done hypnotherapy, they say like, oh, just push your forefinger and thumb together um in case you're feeling if you feel anxious about where you are in your journey so it kind of prompts you to remember something okay never had that useful. before yeah. yeah i don't know why that yeah. i think it was just that specific person's um mentality to, to t- tackle it so we shall see if that works but i like the idea of what's the best thing because then yeah. you have to search for it that's really cool Okay, tell the truth. Did you take notes? Let me know your favorite parts by tweeting at wannabe podcasts. Chloe is amazing and she's back on Wednesday to discuss how she got started at just 24 years old and some of the challenges that she faces with her age. Follow Chloe's brand on Instagram at Marlo underscore London. That's M-A-R-L-O-W underscore L-O-N-D-O-N and visit MarloLondon.com to find out more. If you like how this podcast is sounding and you think that you can do what I do or better, then you need to reach out to the Shoutout Network to find out more about membership options. Visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. We have just launched a brand new podcast 
called Not Another Book Podcast, so definitely go and check that out at shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at Wannabe Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review or a rating on iTunes. To get extended show notes, listen to the tools and resources we talked about on this episode and past episodes, you can visit wannabepodcast.com as show notes are updated every Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>